Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So you pre-ordered your Nintendo Switch, right? Uh, no. Great, great, because, dude, I totally got mine set up at Best Buy. I got the Legend of Zelda Mass uh, Special Edition, you know, with all the... the, the well, hold on, could you say that again? I didn't pre-order my Switch. Oh, you woke up too late and they were already gone, right? Uh, I just uh, I, I need to I need to give it some time. See see how it, it turns out. It, it, it releases on March third. That's plenty of time. No, no, I mean I mean I need to give I need to give it some time. I need for it to release, and then I'll give it some time and see how it see how it is, and then and then maybe I'll get one. You got kids, right? I do have kids. And you got them all loaded with the Nintendo Wii U and the 3DS or 2DS because they're, you know, really little. You got I them mean, all I, kitted out with Nintendo, right? I, ha- I have a Wii. Oh, Steven. We, we play Mario sometimes. Steven, Steven, Steven. <laughs> you. I, so, so, so what's the deal, man? Why, why? Like, what do you mean you're waiting it out? Like, what's there to wait? Especially because you missed out on the Wii U. Like, you you missed out on Smash Brothers, Splatoon, Mario Kart. Like, what are you waiting for, man? Come on! Like, what's wrong? What's the matter? What's, well, I mean, there's there's a there's a couple things. So, I mean, I'm pretty happy with my PS4 right now. Uh, so um, there's that, obviously. Um, so there's getting the other hardware. We're gonna they're gonna be we're gonna buy enough games to really support that. Um, I need to see how the more casual features are going to turn out. Um, the uh, what's the what's it called? The one two switch or one two switch is the game, yeah. Yeah, one two switch. We'll see how that is. I mean, is that going to be the next Wii Sports or is that going to be not the next Wii Sports? <laughs> No, that's, I guess, uh, a good question, because a lot of people have been wondering about that. A lot of people have wanted it as a back-in. I personally think they are they are going to make another actual Wii Sports, because I believe they know they can sell Wii Sports itself as its own game. And they have more than enough of the new motion control stuff going on in the box, which, I mean, you're able to get those same kinds of experiences. So, I mean, come on, man, why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I said, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what comes out. I mean, it's it's tough. Um, my kids haven't really caught the Mario bug yet, and I, I love Mario. Uh, that was you know my first my first video game. Well, not my we had a Commodore sixty four, but my one of my sort of first video games was uh, playing Super Mario Brothers on the original NES. So, and I you know played. I think I, I think my best. I think I maybe ran through that like ten times in one sitting. You know how you would beat it and it would start you back at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I played all those. Um, played Super Mario World, and, uh, and that's about where I lost the Mario thing. Uh, I didn't so. have an N sixty four myself. Um, actually, that's a weird thing. Is when I went when I when I went to high school, I suddenly. Two things happened when I hit it, when I hit my teenage years. One was I suddenly stopped liking Nintendo. 
<laughs> and I didn't suddenly stop liking Squaresoft. I stopped liking Squaresoft because they made Final Fantasy VIII, and it was downhill from there. Um, no, it was it was up it was uphill from there, and then <laughs> then no, it was uphill and then downhill and then uphill. Okay, yes, yes, and then I downhill guess, and yeah. then uphill. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, that's the thing. I had this... And then when I went to college, I started to hate anime, too. So it's like, I went through these phases of things that I, you know, loved. Then I hated them. And now I'm an adult and I love all these things again. (laughs) So I missed out on, like, Mario and Zelda on the GameCube because I was one of those little jerks that was like, Zelda? More like Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was one of those jerks. I, I was I was part of the glorious PC gaming master race, um, oh. from from oh. the, from the early mid '90s until I got a I got a PS2 and maybe it was 2002. No wonder you have such terrible taste on th- in things. As this is this is why I have such terrible taste in things, indeed. <laughs> um, so I missed out. I kind of missed out on a lot of that stuff. I've gone back. I had a 3DS for a little bit. I played the, um, or not a 3DS. I just had a DS. Excuse me. The regular um, DS, yeah. Yeah, the regular DS. I played uh, the new Super Mario Brothers, and I played the Mario 64 remake on that. Uh, so I'm at least a little bit familiar with Mario 64. You know, I haven't found all the stars or anything like that. Um, and I think, I mean, that's what it is with Nintendo, right? It's, it's lately since since the Wii it's the gimmick and it's the original IPs right that's that's what Nintendo's got yeah the effort to do things differently than the competition because of the GameCube they tried to have hardware parity and with the N64 they technically had superior hardware the mistake was just using the cartridge instead of disc. And then GameCube, you could argue the same thing because their little micro disc or mini disc or whatever they were using could also store less data, just like the cartridge well, could. And than it wasn't the a, it wasn't a DVD player. Uh, you okay for the GameCube? You're not wrong. And that, I think I, during that period, that was actually a very important thing. Um. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, that was that was obviously a factor, but, um, but, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I, it's I, why the PS2. Be- well, one of the reasons the PS2 became so successful is that it was a DVD player as well, and it was yeah. cheap for a DVD player too. Yeah, no, that's definitely. I mean, I think that's generally accepted as to one of the reasons why it got so much market saturation that it was a, it was the best at at some point. It was pretty much the best DVD player on the market, um, because what other DVD players could, you know, how many that you could connect to the internet and other things, um, and all that stuff that that was available on the PS2 that was not common DVD player features. Um, so, so yeah, so I mean, but that's that's going back. I, I think with the Wii, they established this big hook in the casual audience with the motion controls and I don't think I don't think Sony or Microsoft has managed to replicate that Connect has maybe did a slightly better job of connecting with the casual audience than Move did 
But both of those are pretty much abandoned at this point, it seems. Well, sort of. I think the move is used for the VR now. That's what happens is Sony mm. keeps bringing the move or the iToy out. Like, the iToy was brought back when the move came out. And now the move controllers are being brought back in order to work with the PlayStation VR. Because, like, if you notice, like, one of the reasons the HTC Vive is one of the more... Um, I mean, everything I know from VR people... I'm not really interested myself, but people keep talking about it, and I hear more people talk positively about the Vive because it has those little hand controllers things. Like they're mm. not quite like the Wiimote and stuff, but they're still that same style, like one for each hand, and it's able to register the motion and everything that you're doing. And I think in that regard, like the PlayStation Move, you know, you're able to get the controllers with the VR and it can work roughly the same way. And that's much more one-to-one. You know, that, that that feels better in the VR environment than you have this headset on, but you're still holding the controller in your hands. Right, right. Yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. But yeah, so but, but anyway, that's not... Um, the They never really caught on as well. And I think, to me at least, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Wii U didn't capture the same excitement as the Wii. Oh God, no! They didn't. People didn't know what the Wii U was. A lot of people thought the gamepad was a peripheral. It was completely confused messaging, confused marketing, and in the end, the uh, large casual market was not very interested. And there's a couple of reasons why. One of which being, I mean, a lot of the casual market that got the Wii, they didn't get the Wii because they wanted all those games like. That era, and I covered this, if you um, watch my Ramble Pack video series, you can see this in my Metroid Other M video, where Nintendo started to design their games with this new casual market in mind. All of these people that were not really gaming enthusiasts, they're not the uh, market, they're not the whales of the AAA gaming industry, you could say. <laughs> they, um... They, they, they grabbed the Wii because it was this new, interesting experience with great marketing and it was an affordable enough price you get this nice little at home game system and they were able to get some games maybe they I mean they brought a lot of them got the new Mario they got like the new Super Mario Brothers game those are some of Nintendo's best selling games they uh, picked up Wii Sports they probably picked up Wii Fit there's not a lot else that they picked up even though Nintendo's like okay we need to design Smash Brothers with these people in mind right. we need to design Mario Kart and of course they designed um, Metroid Other M because the, uh, with that in mind so you only had the Wiimote they wanted to make sure it was simple that anyone could play it and they wanted it to be sort of introductory they wanted to introduce this new market into the world of core gaming and it didn't work. They, right. That that market was completely uninterested in the core gaming. Yeah. And Wii U's so, interesting because they're trying... With the Wii U, I feel like they're trying to bring the DS2 screen experience to your home living room. And to find interesting ways to use that on the couch. When you're playing couch multiplayer with a TV. They mm -hmm. had a lot of stuff they wanted to do. And I think they also realized, okay, Zelda's never going to sell to these people. <laughs> We're going to make Zelda. We're going to make a uh, Mario Kart. Like, all of these games are not going to try and make it so everyone wins. Or right. so it's easier yeah. 
It's like these games, they're going to be the core games. And right. well, it's like, go ahead. It's like my my parents have a Wii, and they have Wii Sports, Wii Sports Resort, and Wii Fit. And Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort are for when the grandkids are there. And Wii Fit is, you know, for for my mom. You know, she was using it fairly regularly for a while. Um, you know, my my sister and her family, they have a Wii. And they have Wii Sports, Wii Sports Resort, Mario Kart, and then a bunch of shovelware games that... Uh, where, you know, purchased as gifts or other things, or just, oh, hey, here's a game for $5 for the Wii, maybe it's good. Um, well, even think back to our, um, our, our church group that we used to be a part of, mm-hmm. and they, the, they had the Wii, too. Uh, the leaders of that group had a Wii, and the, the, the games that most people played were Mario Kart or were Just Dance. Right. Oh, yeah, Just Dance. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another one. Now, I had a Wii. And the games I got for it were like uh, Pandora's Tower, The Last Story, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, that whole wave of games that almost didn't make it to America. Yeah, exactly. And part of part <laughs> part of the reason I bought those games was exactly that was I, I you know I, if you if you know me and my gaming preferences you may have figured out I love I love JRPGs and I want to see all the JRPGs that are possible to come over here. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of, that's where I, it's kind of funny, you know, my, I don't even actually have, I bought my Wii used and it didn't come with Wii sports or Ooh. any of that stuff. And I don't have it. I bought, I bought um, super Mario brothers and I've, you know, I've tried that out with my kids and they still don't quite get it. It's a little bit too precise still, I think for them. My, but. my niece didn't either. And I don't know, I think there's something weird about Mario with this generation, because for us, and, and I think that's partially gaming in general, because think about it, a lot of kids are starting games with Minecraft, There are, a lot of them are starting, and you think about the Lego games, like I know your kids play the Lego superhero yeah. games, but the Lego superhero ga- games are kind of fail state free. Yes. You can't fail, because even after you die, you just come right back. You, and there's not even any acknowledgement that you died. Yeah, you no just... lives lost. There's no such thing as continues. There is, like, if there is a game over screen, I feel like it is an Easter egg. Like, yeah. there, there's no way those games have an East, have have a game over screen. So, like, so for us, I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, I would play, like, the first two worlds of Super Mario Brothers, and then I would just stop because I was like, oh, I'm not good enough for the rest. You know, because I was, like, little, and I usually co-opt with my brother. Like, we would do Contra. I would never play Contra by myself. I would never play Ninja Turtles by myself. And if I did, I'd just do the first few levels, and then I'd just stop on my own because I assumed I wasn't good enough. And <laughs> you, you were just going to die, so, so what's the point? Yeah, but that's the weird thing. Is like I, I, was, I understood that these games were failure. There was skill, they were skill-based. And somehow I understood I wasn't old enough because I just saw my brother could do some of this. And I was like, okay, when I'm older like he is, I'll be able to beat these games. And one day, yeah, I could. But now, I mean, with, like, again, Minecraft, does that have... I mean, I've never played Minecraft. Does that have a game over? I think originally it might have. I mean, the original hey, conceit... Sure. The original conceit was you had to build yourself a shelter before night fell or something. 
or at least that's the impression I got. When well, I think it might be one of those things. I, I I have played briefly. I think it just might be one of those things where you die and you lose all your resources and then you come back or something like that. So it's kind of roguelike-ish. Okay. But but you're just but it doesn't. There's not like a game over, uh, like a strict. I'm not sure. Somebody's gonna comment later and be like, yeah. "You idiots." Uh, <laughs> but then there's the nature of the phone game too, and things like Angry Birds. So, I mean, yeah. Mario is a very traditional well, video game. It is well, one of the things. One of the things all these games have in common is the word. I think the word I used before with Mario was precision, and there's a distinct lack of any requirement of precision in a lot of these games. Um, whether it be now Angry Birds, maybe. You know, if you're going to try and get three stars on every level or something like that. Um, but it's still, there's, it's all, it's all just trial and error. You know, shoot the birds until you get lucky and you kill all the pigs. And then move on to the next level. Um, you know, especially for kids. Um, all these other games, Minecraft, Lego. There's no real need for precision at any point in the game. And I think very early on, Mario requires precision. Even just to the act of jumping on a Goomba's head requires actually precisely jumping on the head and not jumping in front of it or over it. And you can't punch the Goomba. You have to time your jump well. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's something where, where that was, for our generation, that was our introduction into games was you better learn how to do this and learn how to do this right or you're just going to die. Whereas their introduction has been shake this controller really hard and you'll hit somebody with a sword. It wasn't or, even just that. It was <laughs> you're not going to beat this game on your first try. And that too. Now, now even for core games, like the, the, the assumption is we're going to lead you through this game and make sure you don't start over from the beginning unless you want to. You know, you know what the first time I died in Final Fantasy XV was? Like, got a game over? It was when I got the flying regalia, and I kept I crashed the flying regalia. That was the first time I got a game over screen in Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, I'm trying um, to think about what it even looks like, because I think I, uh... Because they give you a window. Like, even when everyone hits zero hit points, they give you a window to use a phoenix down. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I didn't even think about that, and yet the game still felt like a challenge. And I think that's—I th think that is, of course. I mean, the whole different topic is you know we could talk about you know difficulty and challenging games, and how all you need to do is keep push people to the brink often enough, but never teeter them over. But that is yeah. completely different. That is modern lessons of gaming and Nintendo is again still very traditional though they have become more accessible over time I mean the first eight worlds of a Mario game are always going to be the easiest and then they're going to introduce a completely new set of eight that are for people that are really into the precision the obstacle courses that's where the quote unquote real game begins that's right how it was a new Super Mario Brothers new Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, Super Mario 3D Land Super Mario 3D World now, in any event, like um, one of the things that you know, 
I mean, yeah, I gave you a rough time about not having, you know, the Switch pre-ordered and all that. But you also, your son was born roughly around the time of the Wii U's release, right? Um, that might be about right. That might be about right. Yeah, my first son. Yeah, because you, you said he's five right now. Yeah. And that's about how old the system is. It released about... 2011, 2012, maybe not even then. I think 2012 is when it released, because I'm th- pretty sure in 2013 I got the Wind Waker bundle. Okay. And that would have been the start of the. Uh, that would have been the end of year one, and start of year two. So, yeah, 2012 about is when they released the Wii U and the 2012, and so yeah, for, so for you at that time period. Even if you were interested in the games, I don't think you would have been financially in the realm of saying, let's buy a Nintendo Wii U. Right, and it was also a, a time issue where that was the, the first the first sort of chunk of time taken away from my my gaming time, you know what I mean? Uh, so, you got a you got a kid now and now it's you know it's there's a little bit less time. Sure you play with a kid on your on your lap while he naps on Saturday or something like that, but it's not you you lose a lot of hours um and you know, I find that kind of funny because for me I feel like that's even more the perfect time to buy a Nintendo system and to like I would have ditched the Playstation at that point because for me, I like the third party games, I like the different uh games you can play on the uh, PS4 but, like, if all I had was the Wii U, things would have been a bit more... I probably would have played a lot more indies, that's for sure. Um, well, see, for but, me, for me, it was more about... Um, and at some point, we'll get back to talking about the Switch. Uh, but for, <laughs> me, it was, for me, it was more about preserving the my favorite things to play. So what fell off were... All that stuff is what fell off. The indie games and you know, also a lot of these other games that I, I liked but I didn't love. You know what, what I'm forgetting? What's that? I'm I'm forgetting too, because for me, the Wii U and the three D S, like whenever I whenever I was thinking about the game release schedule, like for me, if I just had the three D S and the Wii U, that fills everything up. Because like you say JRPGs, when I think JRPGs the past several years I actually think the 3DS. That's that's true. Um, there are a lot of... Um, Bravely Default stands out as something that I wish I could play. And Bravely Second's an improvement in every way. There's the Fire Emblem series that I've been playing that's really good. You have yeah. the random okay, like they're not great. But you have games like the Project Cross Zone series, you know, the tactical role-playing series. Um, Tales of the Abyss, I got like I, I can look right here I, I, where I'm sitting. I'm looking at my different games on my uh, shelf, and there's a whole bunch that I don't have simply because I didn't have the time to put them. Like right now, Dragon Quest Eight has been re-released on the uh, 3DS. <laughs> nice. So, and there's yeah. still another game called Ever Oasis. So, um, and that's where I think at some point you might want to get the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. That's that's a that's that's a possibility. I was looking at um I was watching some of the trailers and other things. 
I felt like, uh, what was it called? The Sacred Warriors. Is that it? The Sacred sacred something. The Sacred Hero. Um, have you no, seen un, the... Uh, uh, un, unseen Hero? No, that's, that's called The Sacred Hero. Um, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at a list right now to help me remember. Um, it's uh, It only had a, like a one-minute teaser, and it was basically like the music was trying so hard... To be Final Fantasy, but not be Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> uh, I've not actually heard of that one. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, you can probably find it. Um, but well, uh, actually, get, jumping back a little bit, though. I mean, what you were saying, like I can see, especially with the Wii U, because the Wii U didn't have much in JRPGs itself. It has Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and that's all I can come up with off the top of my head. Because I don't really... Th- well, I guess Paper Mario Color Splash might kind of sort of count. Kind of sort of count, yeah. Um, otherwise, th- that platform itself is kind of devoid of them, but some of the games that I... Like, the 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 only game I spent more time than any one game on the Wii U was Destiny in the past several years. And Destiny mm-hmm. was 221 hours. <laughs> Now, if I wasn't playing Destiny, I probably would have played even more Splatoon, which I had about 72 hours in, um, 72-ish hours, which is, for me, a lot. Because a lot of games, because of how many I'm playing on on all the, like, I got the three systems, the 3DS, the Wii U, the PlayStation 4, I'm bouncing around between all these different systems trying to play whatever game I can. And this year is the first one that I'm really trying to limit. I mean, aside from when I literally could not afford that much in a way of games. But this year I'm trying to limit, okay, what am I playing? What do I still have mm-hmm. in, in, in my library? Do I really need to get another game this month? Hmm. Um, so March is going to be the big breaker because I'm getting to switch with Zelda. And I'm also getting near Automata. But like February right now is looking clear. It's looking like I'm not getting anything. Uh, which does mean I lose out. I'm losing out on Heaven uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I keep almost calling it Heavenly Sword. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, the letter H. I'm missing out on that. I'm missing out on For Honor. All female and... protagonists look the same. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Why are you going to do that? Why are you going to say that? <laughs> but no, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, for me, if I'm limited on a budget, I'm probably going to actually opt for Nintendo. And that's one of the things, like, I'm looking at the releases that Nintendo has lined up, and I know they've got more coming. That's one of the things, like, a lot of people are freaking out about, like, oh my god, this is all they have for 2017? No. No, you dingus. Of course they have more they're going to announce at E3, and they have more they're going to be announcing until yeah, but then. How, how much of that, I mean, I feel like for, for 2017... Are we going to see any other exclusives or Nintendo properties in 2017 than what we have announced? Yes. It just depends on what kind of ones that uh, you're looking for. I mean, Nintendo, between the three, if you look at their past release schedules, and remember that their handheld division and their home division were combined like three years ago. So as one single division, they've all been developing games for like three years now. 
And we've got, they've announced, what have they announced so far? We know we've got a port of Mario Kart 8 coming, Breath of the Wild's coming, um, they have the new game ARMS, you got uh, Splatoon 2, um, we do have a new Fire Emblem game on the 3DS in May, and that's where they're going, again, like, this is where my prediction is going, because I think ARMS is an April release, because in the years, if you look in the years prior, Mm-hmm. Um, 2016, you're not going to see it as much because 2016 was just clear that they've they've given up on the Wii U and the 3DS itself is even being toned down on. But right. they release at least one major title a month, and this is a company that is able to put out more games than like EA and Ubisoft in a single year combined. <laughs> no, that's true. I, I'm just, I guess, I'm just, I, I know. I'm looking at the. I was looking at the schedule. I just feel like if they had more Nintendo games to give us, then they would be telling us about it. Um, See that? Well, I guess also when I think when I think so also, and I have to get my head out of the 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 franchise idea where I'm thinking when I'm thinking of of Nintendo's original IP, like I'm thinking of Mio Mario, Zelda. I guess. Metro, I'm thinking Met, yeah, Metroid, um, Fire Emblems, kind of in there. Um, so I'm thinking of like all of those, not necessarily. Yeah, I guess like Arms is is a new Nintendo it's a IP. New IP. Um, and I just want to clear it. I, I just want to make it clear to people because people keep saying Splatoon was their first IP since Pikmin. Uh, no. Partially because Chibi Robo was also on the GameCube. That was a Nintendo IP. <laughs> Nintendo owns Monolith Soft, the developers of Xenoblade. Therefore, Xenoblade is a new Nintendo IP that was introduced on the Wii. Okay. Wii Sports does count as a new IP. <laughs> Even though you, you think that's laughable. <laughs> Steel Diver, the launch game for the 3DS, that was a new Nintendo IP. Okay. 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 Uh, the, there are there are little releases and bigger releases that do technically count as new IP. It's just Splatoon was the first one that really appealed to core gamers and core press, like Pikmin did, and okay. Arms is now their effort to get into. And I think it was um, an Evo community game choice was mm-hmm. for Arms to be at Evo 2017, Evo being an esports event. Yeah, and. ARMS, I guarantee you, is Nintendo, like Splatoon, uh, ARMS, and now, like, with, uh, after Smash Brothers, they've balanced it to be more tournament-friendly. Like, these are games that Nintendo, Nintendo wants to be part of the esports scene. They're going to come at it their own way, but they're they're, they're looking at it, they see that it's going to be, that it is big, that it's going to get bigger, and they want to be part of it, so... I do think you can count on a lot of new ideas, and when it comes to what you're saying about like the rest of the year, it's not even those big franchises. It's also the fact that, firstly, what do we know that's coming out in this autumn and fall and everything? We do have a bunch of games without release dates, but I guarantee you, once we hit E3, Bethesda is probably going to announce Elder Scrolls Six at this E3. And they might even pull another Fallout Four, where they release it this autumn. There are like so so many companies hold so many things close to the chest. There's so much that we have no idea what's coming out this fall 
that I think is kind of ridiculous to hold well, Nintendo to a different standard. But aren't we aren't we looking at? I mean, we're looking at Skyrim, on the Switch, not until the fall at this point. Yeah, and I, this is part of my prediction that Skyrim is not going to be on the Switch until the fall, and. I, I predict that Elder, uh, Bethesda is going to announce Elder Scrolls Six. It's going to release this fall, and everyone's going to give the Switch crap for having Skyrim when there's this whole new Elder Scrolls hmm. game on the other platforms. I guarantee you that's what's going to happen. Well, I don't guarantee you. I mean, that's just my prediction. That's your. But that's... regardless, I mean, this is. The, I mean, that wasn't why I brought up Elder Scrolls Six. I brought that up because. I mean, there's new announcements all the time for stuff that's going to happen later in the year, for stuff that's not no, releasing until later no, that's, in the that's, year. That's true. That's true. I, I'm just – I'm not particularly optimistic. But I mean, I mean, what, what, what are we looking at? We, I mean, yes, we have – we have the um, – some of the core Nintendo properties um, and some other stuff like – that's that's coming out soon. Bomberman and uh, Snipper Clips is actually the party game that I'm kind of looking forward to. Okay, like, I'm, I don't know when I'll buy it, but Snipper Clips is. I, I was watching the Nintendo, and that's the thing too. Is like I'm used to the Nintendo Directs, the Nintendo Treehouse. I'm sitting here watching the Nintendo Treehouse, where the the the, um, the QA translation team is talking about this party game. And at first, I'm like, what the heck are they doing? They're cutting shapes out of each other. What is what is this game? What's the point of it? And next thing you know, five minutes later, I want to shout at my monitor for what these people got to do. Like, no, you're doing it wrong. Do this, do this, <laughs> to solve these little puzzle things. And that's where I realized this is the perfect game for, like, New Year's Eve when you got all your friends over. And not all of them are gamers. Yeah. Like, it, is that, it, it is a good party game. I think that is going to be a lot better than one two switch because one two switch feels like a ubisoft game it it uh, yeah it just it doesn't um it's, it's not, not going to be the next wii sports it's not giving me a lot of confidence in the in the system to be honest uh, but see I, so, so let's let's talk about so we, we can talk about games we can talk about the different games all night and what's going to come out what's going to be good what about, I mean, what how, What do we think about the core? Now, you've watched, you've probably watched a little bit more gameplay demo than I have. How do we feel about the, the core hardware features? So we have those new motion controllers, right? The Joy-Cons, yes. The Joy-Cons, excuse me. Uh, I will call them Joy-Cons from now on, not new motion controllers. And we have this whole modular system where, you know, you... you have the controller and you have the system plugged into your TV and then you pop it off and pop the controllers on, the Joy-Cons on, and you go take it somewhere and play on the train and now it's just basically like a, you know like a bigger Vita or something like that um, and then you go home and pop it back on the dock and all that, so how do, how do, how do we think that's all going to work out? Is that so is that useful for you? Did you use the Wii use features very much to beam the game to your controller? Off-screen play, me and myself, I did not have a lot of use for that. Largely because often the only time I would have to share my TV in the living room was with my roommate. 
And if I was sharing it with my roommate, it's because he he wanted to play something like Smash Brothers or Super Mario Maker, so I couldn't use the gamepad anyway because it was tied to the system he wanted to use. Right. So there was never a situation where he was like, oh, I want to watch TV, and I was like, okay, switch over. I mean, we didn't have that. He would just watch stuff on his computer or something like that. It, it, it was just, that was never an issue for me. It would have been a greatly used feature if I lived with my parents still, but I yeah. got the Wii U when I moved out, so... Right. Yeah, um, so I used... I didn't have a Wii, a Wii U, but I used Remote Play with the Vita to the PS4, and that was a really useful feature to me. Um, for, right, so the kids are watching um, something terrible or something that's actually good, but they're watching it for the 537th time. Uh, so I could just play whatever I felt like playing on the Vita while they've got the TV or I could play it um, you know, kids are falling asleep and I'm sitting in their room at night I'm playing a game or something like that I, you know, you know, I used to sign into Destiny and I couldn't talk, but I could, I could listen Yeah, uh, basically <laughs> Yeah uh, So that, and I also just there's, I'm sure there's other times that the capability of the Vita or the the Wii U controller didn't have is things like I'm going to my in-laws for the weekend and man would I like to bring a game along with me uh, but yeah, the, close, the closest you can get with the Wii U and I can't remember if it, was, if it was someone from the Game of the Jobs call or some other podcast I listened to somebody had basically packed their Wii U into their backpack or their carry-on bag in an airplane, hooked the thing up to the power plug, and just used the gamepad to play. So it was sort of like a prototype concept of what the Switch is, but hmm. you still needed to lug that console around. Right. The Switch is the console, therefore, you're good. I mean, for me, I mean, when, when we're coming to talk about that core feature... For me, the Switch becomes what the 3DS cannot be because I can now play a game on my couch or I can take it with me wherever I go. And if I'm going to like my parents' house, that's very easy. I just plug it in at night or something like that and then I like play it during the day. And no, it's, it's all the same save file. I get to play the same game. Whereas if I'm using PS4 Remote Play on my laptop and I have to connect back to my apartment in Pennsylvania, it's got lag. I don't want to play any action-heavy game. I don't want to play yeah. a Twitch shooter. Usually I'm I actually, want to play something turn-based. I've actually never successfully connected outside of my own home. So I'm actually just impressed that you managed to connect it all to... It's a bit of a pain. And it's, yeah. I mean, it works well enough. But with the Switch, it's like, okay, I have the system. It is in my hand, and therefore, there is no lag. Yeah. Like, so it, it, is, it is an ideal. Um, but here's the thing. When it comes to, say, work, that's a little different. I'm not sure if I'm going to be bringing my Switch to work yet. Because um, normally, I play on lunch breaks. Right. So I'll, I'll go down, I'll have my lunch, and then I'll spend the last, like, 15, 20 minutes just playing whatever's on my 3DS. With the Switch, it doesn't have that clamshell design, and it is much more obvious 
Yeah, it's something. It was sort of like I just I feel like there's a um, different levels of I don't know what, what the correct word is, but sort of the that you're cutting yourself off from the rest of the things around you. So you know, phone games are like the lowest level. Like everybody plays games on their phone, and you like some people carry on conversations with you while playing games on your phone. Something like a 3DS or DS, whatever, is maybe one level up from that. Where yeah, you're you're pretty engrossed, but there's still like some amount of you know you're not totally there's a you know there's there most mobile games not mobile games uh, handheld games are designed kind of with certain things in mind I feel like that you can stop at any time almost and and move on and it's not quite as immersive often so I feel like the switch is going to be like that's like I brought my like TV and I'm putting it on my table and I'm like hooking up and playing you know what I mean See, like, I can kind of see I can kind of see what you mean because one of the things I've realized like a lot of especially the earlier 3DS games there is a lot of bite-sized chunk like even Resident Evil Revelations the maps and the game like it's all short enough like the the game set segmented and separated short enough that you can have a 15 minute play session and still get something done right and in some ways that was very useful and is very useful even now um, and granted, the, 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 the 3DS also has the... You just close the lid and it falls asleep. And this is actually what has made the 3DS always the most easiest game for me to pick up. Because even the PS4 with its sleep mode, because of its OS and just because of having to turn the TV on and everything, like even though it's just a little bit of effort, like hashtag first world problems effort, <laughs> because the 3DS is the easiest to get back into the game... It's one of the easiest, like if like if I'm feeling just lazy, tired, like if I've got half an hour before I go to bed, I can just pop open my 3DS and then close it because there's no effort there. It's instant, it's instantaneous. And I think the Switch will have that kind of an advantage too because it finally has suspend features. You didn't have that on the Wii U and with the PS4, that has proven to be very valuable because sometimes I'll be in the middle of a level in a game and I'll be falling asleep as I'm playing. You, I've done that when we were yeah. playing Destiny. <laughs> there were moments where I, I, like, I woke up and I was like, "Guys, I've just spent the last like three minutes running into the wall." So, uh, yeah, time. But that time for Chris to go to bed. Yeah, time for Chris yeah. to go to bed. So no, I, I remember uh, the same thing. I used to. I mean, I had I had a nice setup with a nice TV and everything when I was living by myself. Um, but I would usually end up finishing off any gaming would be playing my PSP in bed. Uh, you know, not playing something on on the PS3 or the Xbox out in the other room. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of get that, that. And that was, you know, obviously before they didn't have the suspend features, but I kind of get that. There was, there was something something about a lot of the games, not all the games, but a lot of the games, and something about just the convenience you've got in your hand. You hit the button, it turns off. You pick up right where you left off instantly uh, when you wake up or when yeah. you pick it up again before so, bed I mean, tomorrow night. I, when you, I mean, it, it, I think... So let's take something like Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is a big open world game. In big open world games, 
you can play for a very long time and feel like you got so little done. So in that regard, is that really going to go with the Switch, where it's like I might only have 20 minutes to play, um, or I have like 30 minutes while I'm on the train or I'm on the bus to play a game before I have to, you know, close up shop and let it sit in my backpack for a while. And I think with something, even with Breath of the Wild, I mean, the nice thing about open world games is there are all these little tiny chunks of gameplay scattered in this giant environment. So in that time period, you could probably do one of those little cavern dungeon puzzle areas and maybe, you know, tackle a few things here and there, collect some items, and then you've got progress. You could save and you could go into work and then you can resume once. I mean, I, I don't see. And even if you're playing, let's say, a shooter game, let's say you got some kind of a shooter game going on. You can play for like half an hour and keep going. I mean, even if the yeah. levels are like one or two hours in well, length, yeah, just suspend. And well, I mean, I think this is something that the Vita toyed with this a little bit, where I felt like there were some games like the Kill Zone. I forget what it was called on the Vita, where it was a little bit more like we're just putting a console. We designed this game for a console, and we put it on your handheld. Where there were there were larger areas and longer missions and that sort of things, um, so I can I can see that. I, I mean, I guess ultimately I'm not too concerned about game structure if I'm carrying it with me. I'm just more concerned with um, you know, like if I'm into something as obsessively as I was into Final Fantasy 15 in December it would be nice to just be able to bring it with me everywhere. Um. And of course you'll be able to do that, but then the, the, the can, I will bring up the concern that a lot of people have because Nintendo went on the record in, of, as saying when it's not docked, the uh, Switch will last anywhere between 2.5 to 6 hours. Now there's a lot of things this of course count uh, depends on, one of which is screen brightness, I think right on the system itself, you have a brightness adjust uh, adjustment, which I mean, I got more. Lo- I got like at least two hours more out of my gamepad by decreasing the brightness. On right, it. but that that so, could be that could be an issue. I mean, I'm guessing that's also going to be based on what kind of game you're playing, where something that's both a little bit more simple and well coded. Say something like I Am Setsuna. Have you played that at all? I have not, and I'm thinking of rebuying it just because of this portability on Switch makes it oh, much more likely yeah. for me to play. Uh, it's it's really good, but something like like that, I'm just gonna guess off the top of my head. You know, I'm at, if it's done well, it's probably going to drain your battery slower than the Breath of the Wild. Will. Right, exactly. No, um, and I agree with that. But uh, he, uh, another thing to keep in because a lot of people are again saying like, "Oh my goodness, that's ridiculous!" Like it's only three or four hours. It's like, dude, my 3ds, right? The other Saturday, I just laid down, I popped it open, and I played Phoenix Wright Dual Destinies. I was working on beating the game. I played it for four hours straight, from fresh battery to the red light came on. (laughs) And that is within that 2.5 to 6 hours time limit. So the 3DS has roughly... And I had the Wi-Fi on, too. Well, okay. Now I'm kind of making it sound like even the 3DS's battery might be better. I mean, we, I won't know until I have the Switch itself and I get to right. see, you know, but that's, the th- and the thing is, even then, 
the Switch is a much more of a power hog than the 3DS. So, of course, the battery, yeah. you're, you're going to have some issues there. Oh, definitely, but yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, the way I see it, if you're playing for three hours straight and the thing comes on, then one, you're, you're probably at home anyway, or you're someplace that's nice and comfortable where it's equivalent to a home, and two, you might want to take a break. I mean, yeah. I don't want to be your parent, but three hours of gameplay is a long time. That's and I know, true. like, if, if if my PS4 battery starts complaining at me, I know I've been playing my video games for way too long, and I need to get up and do something else. Right. Now, so, now, one place that this might be a little concerning I'm thinking about is a something like I was just on a, um, had a long plane trip uh, out to California. So mm. I did not have any kind of char- charger nearby, and I'm not sure... I'm assuming that the switch right now it only charges on the dock, right? Well, you should be able to connect USB C. Okay, you can connect USB C. So there would be an alternate way to charge it, like but I'm just thinking on a on a long plane ride, if I've got a you know, a six hour plane ride and a four hour battery, now maybe, you know, it takes a half hour to get to um where you're supposed to turn on your electronics and there's a half hour at the end where you're not. So now it's but I'm just, you know, I don't know. I'm thinking I got a five-hour plane ride and a long weekend and a plane ride back or something like that. Where is that going to? Is it going to last me the whole time? Maybe, maybe it will, and that would be great. Maybe it won't. Uh, if it's Probably a two-hour, if it's they, a two-hour battery life, that's not going to last me, and that's just going to end up being disappointing. If I'm thinking, hey, you well, know, again, I've got, I've got eight hours on a plane, I can probably just burn through this game. Um, I mean, I would estimate that when they've got that two, two and a half hour estimate, because again, this is sort of averaging, that two and a half hours is probably Wi-Fi on, screen brightness at max, and just constant intensive play, like just constant work. The thing's got to be doing all the work right. all at once. That's probably the absolute min- like right. minimum threshold or whatever like not minimum but like that that is probably the most intensive and I doubt most games you play would be most would be that intensive definitely I mean basically I'm seeing it as it's going to be like a cross between the Vita Vita and you know whatever PS3 PS4 system where it's going to have because that where it's going to have the the portability and the game quality and all that stuff um, so I'm I'm pretty I'm not too concerned about oh that battery life or or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, that's kind of that would be the big seller for me would be the portability of the system. What it needs to get now from is the are the games that I'm going to want to play and bring with me everywhere. Uh, so. Yeah, and that that might even be limited based on because you you wanted to bring up the other hardware and that's the Joy Cons, and we do need to be wrapping up. So I want to just my thoughts on the Joy Cons, and all of their motion control functionality and everything else can be summarized with the topic of a game like Arms, mm-hmm. because and like I know a lot of people have been like, oh, this is just sort of a mini game, and I don't see the real game here, and it's like you've never played Punch Out on the Wii. Because Punch-Out on the Wii was incredible. I hmm. love that game. 
I got it for Wii U as soon as I could. It is a proof of concept, I think, because ARMS plays has a lot of similarities in how it plays, only there's a lot more mobility. You move around a lot more. So I'm excited for ARMS, and ARMS is also, to me, the fact that, like, Breath of the Wild and ARMS are, to me, what really also push some of the possibilities of this. Like, you said it yourself, it's modular. Nintendo wants to call it more like they've t- they've taken everything from the previous consoles, marketing speak, yada yada. To me, th- it is more modular, as you say, because the Joy-Cons can sit in that little plastic shell the thing comes with and be my traditional controller. They can be out of there. They could be the Wiimote and Nunchuck, but better. Right. And I could take the game with me on the go. So, for me, the Switch is all kinds of great things in one console that it may, it doesn't have the hardware power, but for me, I mean, again, some of my favorite games are on the 3DS. I do not care about hardware power. I think anyone that's been able to find fun in something like Minecraft should be willing to say, I don't need all the HDs, I don't need all the P's in my monitor, right. like, you don't need all, like, Granted, this is my personal kind of soapbox, but to each their own. Some people hmm. want the PlayStation 4 Pro, even though they got a PS4 already, just for the improved improvements. But, I mean, for me, yeah, the Switch, the Switch is a nice proof of concept because now it can be a lot of things. You can have your portable game. You can design your motion control game. You can design your traditional game. And you can j- design your game that has all of these things taking place at right. once. And that's what I love is the possibility space. But the 3DS, the Wii U, and the Wii all had possibility spaces, and nobody wanted to take advantage of that for a variety of reasons, one of which was, I honestly believe, lack of imagination in many cases, and also unwillingness to tone down your graphics. All right, so so final final verdict here. So I think I think the two things we got so so casual gamers. Do you think this now nothing is going to hit the casual market like the Wii did. But do you think this is going to be a return to form in the casual market or or you think it's not or you think it's going to be another Wii U? What do you think? Um there's no way it's going to make as much money as the Wii did, or at least I don't think so. Mm. As for how successful it'll be, we'll see what happens when they kick up their marketing around the holidays. Right. Um, I'm actually wondering if they're going to have a Super Bowl commercial. I'm very curious about that, but that's I wouldn't count on it. Well, I must I wonder. Really I mean, think- are they? Is part of the idea here to get the system out there? That's why. Why? Why would we be releasing in March? Right. Um, um, my prediction is that we're releasing in March because they need to beat the financial fiscal... They need to get it out before the end of the fiscal year. Hmm. They need to recoup whatever losses that... I mean, because they had, like, nothing last year. They had very few games. They had yeah, very yeah, little yeah. that could be regarded... Like, Pokemon is what they had that could make them money. Right, right, so yeah. So they want to get the system out in the end, before the end of the fiscal year. You target your core, your core Nintendo enthusiasts the diehards like me in March by the time you have more units on the shelf now the core audience the more hardcore competitive gamers has Platoon 2 they can grab 
while snatching more units off the shelf. Right, you avoid, a, you have, avoid a shortage and all of that. Yeah, I mean exactly, I, I, you avoid a shortage. So by the holidays, the people that want Mario and are going to want Wii Sports and all that other crap, even well, like the kind that would want Wii Sports, they're able to grab for the holidays, buy for their family, buy for the kids, buy for their spouses, whatever. Right. Um, there you go. You have your audience. Yeah. So and I, go ahead. I said I was going to say I think people are have been waiting for this. A couple people I know who do use Wii as a, that are in the more casual type area. They looked at the Wii U and were kind of like, I don't know what this is. Um, but I think they're they're a little bit excited. So I'm, I am hoping for Nintendo that this will be a little bit of a this will this will be more pushing towards Wii territory. Um, you know, as long as all those people haven't already bought a PS4 and are like, what do I need this thing for? Um. It all depends on the software that they have and the marketing. The marketing actually is probably the most important part. Mm-hmm. And given the response to the first ad they had, the first video ad they had, revealing the Switch concept, I do think they've got the messaging clear. Well, it definitely got people talking. It got people talking. And that's, dude, that's marketing. That's part of what they want to do. And I think there is the possibility, like, I, I, can, I think the Switch will be, because the Switch is also, again, remember, even though they say it's not going to replace the 3DS, it's replacing the 3DS. So it's going to be a better communicated idea, and it's going to end up being what replaces the 3DS for kids wanting to play a game on the go or off the TV. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to be for what people want for their next Nintendo system. And whereas... The Wii U didn't utilize motion control that much because they didn't know if anyone would have the Wii mode or anything. This comes with the Joy-Cons. So you're going to be able to just throw in the Wii Sports and everything without worrying about having to buy new accessories. Though you probably will want to buy new accessories. And it is going to take an extra bit of a gouge out of your pocket. Cool. So that's my final verdict, at least. So that is, of course... Why I pre-ordered the system because I'm so on board with this. We'll see. I'll uh, I'll, I'll get I'll get one when uh, when I see. <laughs> I'll get gouged at Christmas time because my kids will want port- it. My kids will want they- it so bad, and there'll be a shortage anyway. And I'll get gouged trying to buy one for Christmas. That's what's going to happen to me. What happens if Destiny Two comes out for it? It won't. <laughs> no, I agree it won't. <laughs> and also, even if it did, the one complaint I will give is the online capabilities are evidently all going to be through an app in the phone and not through the system. And by, I, I can understand in regards to the portableness, but I cannot. this dude cannot abide that. I am not pleased <laughs> about that. So yeah. I guess every, no matter how much of a diehard Nintendo fan you are, Nintendo will do at least one thing to piss you off. Of course, of course, Nintendo has to hamstring their their online stuff. That's that's just it. Wouldn't be Nintendo, right? I mean, again, there's a logic to it that I can understand. So you, the logic like to it. it is that it's Nintendo. That's that's the logic. <laughs> no, no, no. This podcast is over. <laughs> that's so. fine. I, I wanted to, I wanted to go play Destiny anyway. Um, All right, let's go. Let's go play Destiny. Let's go play Destiny. All right.